Well, I have 4.30 on the dot, so I think we'll go ahead and get started. I'm um, very honored to be um, here with all of you today, and this is November 12, 2020, and this is the Emergency Joint Entities Meeting um, for Johnson County. And so I call the meeting to order, and then as we all know, COVID-19 in our area and, and within our state, the numbers are increasing. And so uh, before we get into some of the uh, particulars of the agenda, I did want to just kind of go through and uh, make some recognitions. Um, a part of this um, we can certainly do later, but I thought if we could maybe just uh, have uh, some representation if, from each entity, if you can either wave your hand um, so that people can acknowledge uh, your presence. So Johnson County Board of Supervisors, University of Iowa, the city of Corville, city of Hills, city of Iowa City, one, one thing I do have uh, questions about, um, I think we might type our names for attendance um, in the chat, but for now, I, I just wanna recognize everybody. Um, so if you can wave. City of Lone Tree. City of North Liberty. City of Oxford. City of Shuyville, City of Solon, City of Swisher, City of Tiffin, City of University Heights. And then we have our school boards, Clear Creek and Iowa City. Welcome to all of you today. I do know that we have other individuals that are here uh, with us today. Some have been invited to be a part of this agenda uh, in which I'll call them um, as we go through the agenda. And then some of our legislative delegates have also been invited and we'll have a place and a time for uh, remarks by them. And we'll also acknowledge any of them that are present, um, whether they give remarks or not. So thanks again for um, being a part of today. Um, because the hour is very important and I wanna ensure that everybody has a chance to uh, share today because this is a topic that is dear, and is dear to all of us, especially when we are trying to do all, all we can within our cities and um, whatever municipality that you're uh, operating under. And so we're gonna start with our item number three and as expert speakers related to COVID-19, um, I believe that Dr. Salinas from the University of Iowa Hospital and Clinic is present. And we're gonna invite you at this time and following uh, him will be Dr. Steve from the Mercy of, I from Mercy of Iowa City Chief Medical Officer. Okay. Hello, can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Excellent, uh, thank you. I know that uh, many um, leaders are present here, including public health experts, 
So I won't um, uh, spend a whole lot of time uh, emphasizing uh, how severe the situation is. We're seeing exponential growth in the number of cases in the entire region, including Iowa, including Johnson County. Uh, that has put uh, tremendous pressure in our healthcare system in the entire, again, region, uh, uh, including uh, the University of Iowa uh, hospitals and clinics. Uh, we are actively modifying our protocols to um, try to predict what the uh, future needs uh, will be in coming uh, days and weeks. And uh, there are very clear recommendations uh, and actions that all Iowans can take to ensure that um, the incidence uh, stops uh, going up and starts going down. And those are uh, probably everybody present here knows them. Uh, wearing masks, I congratulate our city for our uh, mask mandate. Uh, uh, that's very important. I think that all cities in Iowa should have a mask mandate. Uh, there are also other recommendations uh, that the coronavirus task force has, uh, has given us, including uh, limiting the number uh, or the occupancy in restaurants, for example, to 50%, limiting uh, gatherings to your uh, household, uh, to members of your household only, um, uh, and limiting hours of certain businesses in general. Uh, we should try to decrease uh, socialization. Uh, a, a common uh, rule is to not socialize in groups larger than 10. And uh, you can translate that into your, uh, your household. Uh, and um, obviously that translates into, uh, you know, how would we go to restaurants, bars, uh, etc. Again, the, the public health recommendations are exceedingly clear. Uh, to the point that even the coronavirus task force, the White House coronavirus task force, is very explicit in them. So I would recommend um, uh, all uh, entities in our region to follow those recommendations. Thank you. You're muted. I have to get used to another Zoom meeting, right? Um, and thank you for those words. Dr. Steve from Mercy of Iowa City, who is the Chief Medical Officer. I don't see him on right now. All right, well, we may swing back around to him if Mayor, he's Yes. Is his last name Shekel? Yes. Okay, let me promote him. He came in as a registrant. Great, thank you. And normally this doesn't take a long time. So we will allow him a little time. All right. 
And Dr. Steve, let us know when you can hear us. I see you've been promoted over to the live stream. I think what we'll do is while we're um, getting him all situated, um, I did I did see Sam Jarvis from the Johnson County Public Health Department, uh, who is a community health manager there. I don't know if um, I've seen uh, the director, Dave Coach, yet, um, but maybe we'll go ahead and have our okay. at this time. Oh. There's, there's Are you trying to be hello. Hello. Can, can you hear me now? Yes, we can hear you. There. Fantastic. Sorry for the delay. Um, is it a good time right now? Yes, we're going to go ahead and have you uh, chime right on in. Thanks for joining us. Okay, sorry. Uh, my volume isn't great here, but I'll go ahead. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to join you. Um, just uh, adding to what Dr. Salinas was, was saying, um, we really are in, in a challenging time right now uh, with the COVID surge. Um, I think all of us are aware of that. And unfortunately, Iowa is actually uh, near the top of the list as far as positivity rates go. We're up around 50% in the latest report that I received. And what that means to us is that all of us have a big challenge uh, to uh, do our best to prevent the spread of this disease. As everyone knows, it's highly contagious um, uh, and, and we're definitely heading in the wrong direction. And uh, this affects not only all of our uh, friends, family and community members, but it also affects our ability to take care of patients in the hospital. And as uh, you might imagine, um, uh, not only are our our community uh, individuals at risk, but our care providers are at risk. And I think all of the hospitals are experiencing a number of their healthcare providers uh, actually becoming ill. And that often happens, it doesn't really happen in the hospital, but what happens is uh, family members and community members that they interact when they're not at the hospital uh, might have this uh, uh, disease. And because they're minimally symptomatic or maybe asymptomatic, they can transmit it to these other individuals. They become sick. And if they're not aware of having the disease, they might spread it to some of their coworkers. So right now, uh, the whole region is in a bit of a, a, a crisis, if you want to call it that. Um, and the university has actually been leading the way in trying to open up bed space. But uh, the Eastern Iowa hospitals are pretty much at their maximum capacity. And when that happens, then we all uh, risk the possibility of not having the health care services available that we all need. Um, in the latest uh, survey that we did, we did a large uh, group meeting of the regional hospitals, uh, including 17 hospitals. And out of those 17 hospitals, only two hospitals had ICU bed capacity. And so if you think about that, the sickest patients are going to need ICU uh, 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 services, yet of those 17 hospitals, we only can send those patients to two hospitals and it won't take long for those to fill up. So we all have to do our best to number one, what we're doing is getting together to try to share the resources that we do have. Um, and the other thing that we need to do is uh, similar to what Dr. Selena said, we need to do be responsible in trying to prevent the transmission of this, this very contagious disease to each other. And my feeling is that anything we can do to limit 
uh, exposure, wear masks all the time. It's so important. Wash hands. Um, I, I, I feel that we should not have bars open so people can get close together and uh, potentially spread the disease. Um, I think uh, more measures such as they have been introduced in some of these communities, including Iowa City, uh, about mandatory mask wearing is essential. I think for the sake of all of us, our communities and our ability to continue to care for these very, sometimes very sick patients, we have to step up and do what it takes to try to turn this curve down the other way. And so um, I appreciate this kind of meeting to, uh, to make awareness for this. We're heading into a very dangerous period with Thanksgiving where people very justifiably want to get together. They're tired of this sort of uh, separateness and uh, isolation, but it's time for us to take that extra step, do what we have to do to, to bring down the spread of this virus. Um, in the long run, it's the only way we're gonna get stores and businesses back open and really make our community safe. So I appreciate the opportunity to uh, contribute to this very important conference that you put together. Thank you again for joining us. I really appreciate your words. If there's anyone that is not a, a panelist, uh, that is a, a part of a entity, please raise your hand and we'll have someone allow you to be entered as a panelist. So again, if there's anyone that is not a panelist um, and um, just raise your hand and we'll have you enter as a panelist. Well, thanks again, uh, Dr. Steve. I'm gonna go ahead and we'll move on to Johnson County Public Health, Sam Jarvis was the community health manager there. And we we wanna hear a little bit about public safety measures as well as you all are definitely um, inundated with public health situations with it, uh, related to COVID-19. You and I, of course, have had extensive conversations even about mental health related to COVID-19. So at this time, please welcome Sam Jarvis. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Can everyone hear me all right? Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you for having us. Uh, really appreciate the opportunity to provide uh, what's going on. And, and you heard from our hospital partners, um, the pretty severe and, and serious situation we're in. And it, unfortunately, we're uh, not here to be able to deliver the best of news, uh, you know, uh, at this point in time. We hope to someday. We hope to be able to, to greet all of you again and, and let you know when the pandemic is over. But that is not today. Um, and certainly, uh, everyone is looking at the state's dashboard and looking at those numbers. But to put that in perspective, we are pretty close to 8,000 cases, and more than likely we will hit that mark uh, sometime this weekend. Uh, to put that in perspective, uh, we've seen roughly 1,000 of those cases since the beginning of November. So we are uh, rapidly increasing uh, you know, positive cases by the day uh, and seeing those triple digits. Our friends in Lynn County are certainly seeing it as well too, and I'm sure uh, others are, are looking at that as close of a, a partner they are in the corridor. Uh, so we're not where we wanna be as a community uh, with cases. I think that's been made pretty clear, and we certainly look at uh, the impact it's having on our healthcare partners and the concerns that we're having. So uh, I won't belabor that, but uh, we do have to stress how severe this is and how important it is uh, right now, because with our case investigations, uh, every day that's triple digits uh, causes us to lag behind just a bit more. Uh, and it's becoming increasingly difficult uh, to make contact with persons. 
Certainly with uh, the election, it made it more difficult because persons were not picking up their call. Uh, they were screening their phone because we all know that we were getting calls and texts constantly. So uh, that really inhibits our process. So uh, if there's one thing that we could really plead to our community today is please return calls. Please make contact with us. We're trying to reach you as quickly as possible. And when we have delays on that, that certainly delays the information that we need to establish uh, your infectious period and be able to make contact uh, with your close contacts. And that's really one of the uh, main ways that we can stop transmission. If we can identify close contacts and, and get them in quarantine, um, that's how we break the chain of transmission. So that is uh, one of the most important things that we could stress today. Um, in terms of other recommendations, you know, certainly everything that we've heard today um, and then some, you know, we would uh, fully support seeing schools move virtually. Uh, we know that that is tough. We know that that causes a significant barriers to a lot of families and, and certainly uh, is a hardship. Uh, but right now, uh, we're definitely seeing uh, concerns in extracurriculars uh, and after school activities. Uh, other things, you know, certainly looking at the winter sports season, uh, consider postponing until further notice. Uh, we are seeing those gatherings, gatherings like that, family gatherings, uh, spreading transmission. And so, um, you know, as always, we wish to have better news uh, to, to provide, but uh, we are not where we want to be as a community right now. And, uh, you know, we need to reiterate the things that we have been doing and doing well. Uh, we have a mask mandate here in Johnson County and Iowa City and other uh, municipalities. And we see that. We see that when we're outside and we see people walking on the street with masks on. We, we appreciate that. We've got to carry on that behavior when it's with our family members and friends who are not in our household. Uh, we tend to let our guard down. And those are also opportunities where we're seeing transmission. So it's you know just as important, if not more important, to be able to do that. You know, certainly we don't want to provide uh, or, or, or send the message that it's, uh, you know, that we need to be afraid uh, like we were in March and April, but we need to take just as much caution like that we did then uh, we do now. Because right now it matters the most because you've heard it from our hospital partners. There are grave concerns about capacity. Uh, and, uh, you know, as a community, uh, as all of us together in our individual groups and families, we are able to curb transmission, but we've got to not let fatigue take part. So as always, happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Jarvis. What, does anyone have any questions for him? I'm sure there's thousands of questions uh, for you. And for any of the other speakers at this, at this time. So this, this Senator Bolcom, I had a question about our capacity of 15 of 17 Eastern Iowa hospitals are out of ICU beds. When, and we're kind of dancing around with, with uh, how dire, I mean, it, it is dire, but there's a suggestion, at least today, the governor says we have plenty of ICU beds, we have plenty of ventilators. Are we going to uh, be swamped in, in, a, in another five days? I mean, are we going to be over capacity and basically not have, is that 14 days from now? Is that, because I know we, we just keep repeating the same message. It's not, what we're doing is not working and the changes she suggested are not working. So at what point will we exceed 
the, the patients exceed our capacity in ICU and uh, overrun our hospitals? I mean, is that a, is anybody calculating that? So I'll start, uh, and this is not an exact science, unfortunately. I don't have all the all the data for every hospital, and uh, but the epidemic is a bit. Uh, heterogeneous. Uh, some hospitals will start reaching capacity sooner than others, but it's clear, for example, I can give you some anecdotes. Uh, our hospital receives calls from hundreds of miles away uh, in other states uh, trying to transfer their patients to us because they don't have hospitals in their vicinity that can take care of their patients. So the entire Midwest is uh, experiencing these shortages. Um, another uh, piece of information that can help you in your uh, calculations is that the number of hospitalizations we're seeing today are the reflection of the number of new diagnoses we had uh, 10 to 14 days ago when they were half of the number of new infections we're having now. So you should expect the number of hospitalizations to continue growing in the coming uh, days and weeks, even if we were able to effectively stop all transmission going forward, starting today, the number of hospitalizations will still continue going up for the next two weeks. So hospitals are already uh, having to suspend elective procedures. Uh, some small hospitals don't have ICUs. The situation will only get worse. Um, so, so bottom line to me is that uh, the, the answer is yes, the, uh, the system will be uh, overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, one thing I might add, if you can uh, hear me, is that uh, the uh, many of these hospitals, and I know the University of Iowa is, Mercy, Iowa City is, and many other hospitals, are expanding their capacity for ICU beds. And we're doing that by moving people around. And as uh, Dr. Salinas mentioned, we are uh, suspending elective procedures that are anticipating a requirement for an overnight stay in the hospital for patients. Uh, what we're doing is rescheduling those because what we want to do is move the available staff to areas that need the most help. And right now, that are our ICUs. Uh, it's, it's essential that we're able to take care of these patients or the sickest patients. Um, and the availability of ventilators is very important. But the key issue really is staffing. And that's why we have to maintain the, the health of our own staff. And they have to be particularly vigilant about uh, potential transmission and all of those safety measures. And all of the community has to do that in order to support the hospital staff. Uh, and so to answer that question, our plan is to not have the sort of uh, uh, circumstance where we have to set up tents uh, for these COVID patients, uh, some of the, like in New York City, they had to do that. And actually in Wisconsin areas, they're having to do that. We're doing our best to adapt to these increasing numbers that are, are really skyrocketing. And I think by all of the hospitals working together to communicate, which we're doing on a regular basis and asking the community to help us by doing all the, the preventive um, um, sort of uh, activities that are gonna help decrease the transmission of this virus. But we are kind of at a critical uh, phase. Uh, we're holding our own, but we need the community to help us. This is 
Jill Dodds from Corville City Council. Um, the governor every day has a press conference and says that there is no mask mandate. So that's sending a mixed message. What can we do in Johnson County to strengthen that message that that is the expectation here? Um, and I'll, I'll jump in there first. I think what we need to do is stress that locally as best we can, public service announcement. And I can tell you, we sent a message to the governor's office just yesterday after the meeting of these uh, Eastern Iowa hospitals to uh, uh, ask for stronger um, mandates, stronger uh, requirements to mask people. Um, my feeling is, and I think the, the, the feeling unanimously was that these new measures uh, with restrictions about 100 individuals outdoors and 25 individuals indoor is just inadequate. Um, I, you know, my feeling is it's not based on science and we need stronger measures so that we can keep our communities safe and keep our hospitals functioning and keep our healthcare providers safe. All right, thank thanks everybody for chiming in. I do want to allow uh, some space for any entity updates. Um, and also after that, we're gonna have two other things that's gonna happen before we Kind of get to the end of end of our time here, but we'll have remarks from any of our legislative delegates, and I see that um, we have a representative from the University of Iowa that will also have speak to us, and we want to make sure that we have time for Rod today as well, um, and we want to allow for uh, comments from the public. So I'm going to ask that anyone from an entity entity that has an update, if you can. Um, have a representative from your entity uh, give an update and we'll start um, right now. I know that uh, Councilor Weiner from Johnson, from Iowa City Council is gonna be our, our representative. So uh, we'll start with Councilor Weiner while everybody gets uh, their representative all figured out. First, thank you all for coming today on such short notice. There are some advantages to Zoom, it turns out. Um, the, I mean, Iowa City, the mayor just we re-upped our face covering, our mask mandate, and it will be, and it now is extended through um, January 15th so that it goes through the holidays. We have some, as as, I, as as either Dr. Sheckle or Dr. Salinas referred to, the holidays are coming up, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas is coming up. Um, I, from our perspective in Iowa City, we really want to keep everyone safe and well. So we urge you to take the long perspective that that with the vaccine on, vaccines on the horizon, it will not be, we will not be in this situation a year from now. So please zoom your Thanksgivings, do not, just stay with your small family group, do whatever you can to keep yourselves safe at this point. Um, the numbers are, are skyrocketing. skyrocketing. Just today, um, there were uh, 30 deaths recorded. There's 1,200 ho hospitalized, 166 new cases in Johnson County. Um, and just next door in Lynn County, they were at um, 375 new cases. And Polk is at 608. We've doubled our cases um, over the last two weeks, and we're three times the national average. So my view is this is, you know, public health is not a popularity contest. It's about public health and keeping everyone safe. I'm worried about um, our, our communities. We're worried about our communities who are, who are more vulnerable, elderly people, BIPOC, the BIPOC community, as well as those who have pre-existing conditions. 
Um, and so we really all need to do our part. The, you know, the mask you wear today is not just going to protect others, it's going to protect you too. So we're going to continue getting this message out. Would really urge any media who are on this call to please help us get this message out. Um, and, and as well as any ideas you have, you can find our emails and phone numbers on, on, our, on the Iowa City website. Please let us know. And any other entities with significant updates, please chime in. I know that Johns County updated, uh, extended their mask order, and also the uh, Iowa City Community School District is now going virtual as a starting Monday. I'll tell you about the city of North Liberty. Basically, as of tomorrow, we are splitting our employees' work time into different shifts and different teams. And so we're trying to, that's one of the initial things that we did a long time ago and find it necessary to do again. We are also curtailing our activities in the library to where there can be appointments only and that is for computer use only. And also for persons who need to get their driver's license because that's the only convenient kiosk. Our uh, community center is such that <clears throat> We have reduced the number of appointments in that. They'll be per, uh, carefully monitored to around eight or 10 people on an appointment basis and a member only basis. So that's the way that we've been shutting things right down. I want to report for University Heights. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Luis. Okay, thank you, Sean. I want to report for University Heights, you know, because of our close proximity to Kennick Stadium, since uh, we're kind of known for tailgating, but since the first game, we've had two home games, and uh, we've had very good success with very little or no tailgating. No more than 10 people can uh, uh, be in a yard, and they have to social distance and wear masks. And we're also not allowing parking in yards uh, during football. Cars park all over residence yards. That's not allowed. Um, we're also um, put a stop to outdoor vending. And uh, uh, as I said, the groups of greater than 10 individuals are prohibited from gathering. Um, and groups of any size are prohibited from gathering on all public property. And we've been very successful for the first two games and the University Heights Police Department uh, has been um, covering this and talking to people and we've had very good success with it. And that's, and we're gonna continue with it as football season continues. Uh, I'm going to give a quick update on the school district uh, and where we're at and uh, probably a little editorializing on my part too. But uh, uh, as Mayor Teague said, we are starting Monday um, going back to 100% online. Um, one of the difficulties we have is trying to still work with the state guidelines, which are uh, arguably not great uh, in terms of when we can or can't shut down our school. And then we only get the approval for two weeks at a time when we do get it. Um, there is always the 
option uh, for us as board members to decide we're just going to ignore the state and do whatever we want. I will tell you that um, I spoke with uh, the superintendent of Des Moines Public Schools as your Many of you are probably aware they did not start going to school like they were supposed to um, for many, many weeks. And they went through some mediation with the Department of Ed and they were told that they could count half of the time that they were fully online and not the rest. They had to make up the rest of it. So that would be a significant challenge if we were to go down that road. Um, the other piece I would throw out there, uh, what we hear from the public, right, is that we're voting to shut down all of the sports and other extracurriculars, right? And our focus is clearly on the safety of the kids in the school. And that's a state sort of punitive thing that they've added on with uh, sports and things like that. Um, but what I would ask, and I don't know, maybe this is more towards uh, Joe, and I think Dave was on there. And I don't know how, where the uh, state athletic unions land, uh, it would help if they would just postpone all of their stuff, right? Just push uh, winter sports out, push the states, uh, like the football's going on now. I, I don't know why they feel the need. They have to have it done right now, right? Um, I understand that the kids have worked hard and the coaches have worked hard and they don't want to just cancel it all together, but it can happen at a different time. So that would take one burden off of us as a school district. And then obviously if we were able to focus our energies on how we're gonna help uh, our staff work and how to help our students learn instead of just constantly talking about how do we keep people from getting sick, right? That's the focus that we should be spending our time on, but we're not allowed to because we have to spend so much time trying to keep everybody healthy and safety because our, our state's not doing it. Um, and I appreciate all the local stuff. I, I think that our numbers show that our schools have done a pretty good job um, when we've had uh, half the kids in there on a hybrid model of staying relatively um, healthy, um, but it's not zero cases, right? Uh, there's cases there. Um, and one thing I would just kind of ask, I don't know how we make it happen, but one of the things I hear frequently is locally, right? But Johnson County is so much better than the rest of the state and how they're doing, which I guess is a true statement, but it's also still really bad, right? When the rest of the state is terrible and we're just like the least bad one, that's not great. And so I don't know how we more publicly say, but here's some good places around the country that are doing it better or even around the world that are doing it way better than us and making that much more public because we do hear that a lot that, but Johnson County is doing really well. And so I think that's when people start letting their guard down. Um, so that's, that's my editorializing. Thank you. This is uh, Mayor John. Mayor John. From Coralville. Um, Coralville. I'm sorry. Feedback, it sounds like. I'm not quite sure why. Um, you sound fine now. Do I sound fine now? Okay, yes. good. I, I may have had two screens open or something, but anyhow, um, yeah, we're trying to, you know, uh, keep up the good fight in Coralville as well. Um, we've got the portable signs that we've had up for some time. We're asking people to, to mask up, thumbs up, uh, information, of course, on all the buses and city facilities. Um, we've been trying to be very vigilant at our uh, recreation department to control the numbers. 
uh, even though their players would like to stay and play in much larger numbers than are permitted, we're, we're enforcing the rules there. Um, so um, whatever we can do, we're just trying to reinforce it. So um, like everybody else, Um, John, this is Lisa Green-Douglas. I just wanted to let you know about an email we received today, and it was regarding people going into the city hall in Coralville unmasked, and um, there, there wasn't any kind of enforcement going on. And, you know, we had reports from one of our offices, and we had to really just kind of you know, get verbally firm and, and remind them that we have to set the example. And if we're not doing it and we're out there saying, oh, it needs to be done and the numbers are rising and look at what the state's not doing. If we're not doing it, um, you know, sorry, sorry to be, you know, grumpy here, but um, that was the report we got that it's not happening at City Hall in Coralville. Well, for people coming in and it needs to be enforced. And so, and we're doing it. There are ways for it to be done. So just saying. Yeah, well, Lisa, we've investigated that and we find that to be um, uh, largely uh, inaccurate. Uh, I'm not gonna say we're perfect, but um, the staff did an investigation after that message was sent to us earlier today and, and um, you know, comments were made that we haven't seen anyone in quite some time entering without a mask. There are signs on the door requiring them. So um, we will continue to do our best. And but I don't I don't think that report was accurate. Any other entities would like to give an update? I'll jump in here for the city of Solon, Cammie Rasmussen, city administrator. We are starting on Monday, a six week modified um, restriction. We will go back to appointments only for city hall and um, encourage people to do their business remotely. All meetings will be held via Zoom and the community center is already running restricted hours and modified recreation programs. So that's our plan. We plan to stay in that mode for the next six weeks. This is Chris Taylor. I'll report for Swisher um, points north. Um, we also are closing city hall to walk in traffic. Um, the library, we had a city council meeting on Monday night and the library reported that they were considering their options. And then yesterday, the library also went to curbside pickup only. The library's suspending all in-person programming too. Um, so we are, we're also trying to set that example. Our public works department has been staggering and self-segregating now for, for quite some time, just trying to keep everyone from not getting it all at once. Um, without getting into any personnel details, the administration is dealing with um, COVID exposure. So we're trying to uh, limit that as much as we possibly can. Um, also, I'll just report not as a, an elected official, but as a parent of uh, several students at College Community College community um, is moving to all virtual for two weeks to try and nip this in the bud. They've got um, some increasing numbers there. 
and then they'll go back to their hybrid program. They also had an emergency meeting on Monday night where they have put in place some rules for next semester where you will only be able to opt into the all virtual model if your child has a health condition or if they live with someone who has a health condition. Um, I think the timing of that was really unfortunate um, given the increasing numbers we're seeing. I expect they're gonna get some pushback from that and maybe a strongly worded letter from the mayor. Um, but I think everyone's sort of looking for some kind of unified guidance and not finding it. Um, and that continues to be a frustration for, for a lot of us. Um, I'll also mention that this morning, uh, we had a call with the executive board for the Iowa League of Cities. Mayor Lindell was on that. John, jump in if, if you wanna weigh in. John mentioned this group at that call this morning um, as one of those things that we do well in Johnson County that we all speak with one another at least once a quarter and try and coordinate these things. Uh, one of the questions that came up was, once we have a vaccine, what is going to be the role of the cities in helping to promote that and helping to get that out there? I think we all agree on that call this morning and on this call that it would be best to have a statewide coordinated response um, when we have a vaccine in place. But I think we also don't wanna necessarily take that for granted. And as we move forward, I hope that this group and, and all of us at the city level are thinking about how we might facilitate that when the time comes. Hey, Chris, can you hear me? It's Janelle. Yeah. Um, if, if David Wilson's on the phone or Sam Jarvis can get back, um, they actually are having meetings working on that and they did a trial run with the flu shot. So if Dave Wilson or Sam is on here, they can talk, but our entities were helping in that. Mm -hmm. It just may not have come up to our level to know that. Yeah, Dave was a, on as a... Can you guys hear me or not? There you go. There you yeah. go. yeah, we uh, Sam, I see you on the screen as well. Um, we've had a trial run. We use the fall uh, influenza clinic down at the fairgrounds, and we've been working with the hospitals over at University of Iowa, Public Health, and others. And there is a coordinated effort on how that will um, roll out, and it continues to evolve. But there will be a coordinated effort on that. Uh, of more concern is just those people that might not choose to get it. So I think there needs to be a concerted effort to encourage people to uh, actually seek out the vaccination and get vaccinated um, because that will be a challenge. Uh, there's a contingent out there that believes it was, you know, rushed to market and that type of thing. And, and uh, not that it was necessarily a, a safe and efficient process. So we'll have that challenge to work with um, and I think it's important that as a coordinated, uh, unified voice, we work to go over the message that people should try and get immunized when that is available. And, and there will be a hierarchy of, of what groups of people get that immunization first and that, that vaccine. Yeah, I'm just, you know, speaking for my own residents, um, I think we should also keep in mind the folks who might be on the fence who could take it or not but they might be mobility limited or they're older folks who don't drive anymore um, and might find it just too burdensome um, to go to some centralized location. So that's another population to keep in mind, which I know, I mean, that's an obvious thing that, that the professionals are keeping in mind. 
I forgot one thing from the school district. Uh, we, you know, it was Tuesday night that we decided we were going to go ahead and uh, go online starting on Monday, but we mentioned Tuesday night that if it got real problematic at any one school, we'd take them down early, and we had to do just that. So Hills Elementary closed down um, today and tomorrow ahead of the other ones because of a really high absentee rate um, with both students and staff. So I forgot to mention that earlier. Any other entity updates? Bruce, I think Mary Masher is on as a as a non-participant and um, wants to speak. I'd urge, I had sort of urged her to raise her digital hand. We've been trying to get her switched, but we haven't been able to sure. figure out which one she is. All right, thanks for letting uh, letting me know. I know that Kelly, the city clerk for Iowa City, will get her over. And if there's anyone else that is in the participant that um, is a part of the entities or a legislative official, please raise your hand and we'll get you switched over. Um, if there is, I, I wanna allow any more time for any entities that want to speak before we move on to our legislative delegates and then uh, our University of Iowa representative. All right, legislative delegates, uh, please, um, it is your time to share. Well, I'll go ahead and start. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, thanks, thanks for inviting us on the call. It's been good to hear the updates. I wanted to start by saying thank you to our city leaders that are on the call and, and to your staffs have done just an amazing amount of work to, to address the pandemic. Um, I think we couldn't all be prouder of the work of the Johnson County Department of Public Health and all the all that they've taken on and our and our county leaders as well and, and their staffs and frankly just running this election recently. Um, and of course our school district has had just phenomenal challenges trying to trying to take care of our kids and our and our teachers and it's great to have the kind of healthcare professionals in our community to support us as well. I think everybody's quite disappointed uh, in the state's response to protecting Iowans and trying to balance what goes on in our communities with saving lives. The governor is pretty much solely responsible for kind of the state's response. The legislature has not really had much voice at all in, in any of the decisions. I was hopeful that, the, that with the election behind us, we'd have maybe a kind of a different posture um, from the, the governor on, on masks and on, on some of uh, our, the approaches she was gonna take. And, and unfortunately, it seems like the message from her is you're, you're on your own. And I think we've, we have good local leaders on these issues and I encourage folks to continue to be aggressive in, in having this on your agenda uh, and, and pushing on, I mean, the city of Iowa City's moved forward with the mask mandate. Uh, it, it's a good thing. I think people should think about that. I'm also, in, in terms of thinking about the federal, the good news maybe is that we have a, we're going to have a new president who is going to follow the science and, and probably be more aggressive in, uh, in, in leading a national effort on this. Um, the election, by the way, is over. It was decided. Joe Biden did win. And it's really depressing that they are not able to get the kind of support in this transition to move ahead. So, if there are if there are interest by councils to to send letters to Senator our, our United States senators urging them to uh, allow the Biden administration to get going on this pandemic, uh, 
I encourage you to think about that as well. But um, again, just thanks for all your work. We go back on January 11th. I know we'll be having meetings with some of the entities on this call prior to uh, going back, but stay in touch with us. Uh, we look forward to uh, working with all you and, and moving, moving ahead and trying to confront this, the pandemic. I think Joe was very polite, uh, more polite than I can be. Uh, there is no state response. The governor has completely failed. And I apologize to everyone on the uh, webinar today, and also especially to the hospitals, the VA, Mercy Hospital, and the University of Iowa hospitals. She, in effect, and I know they cannot comment, have hospitals boxed in the corner. Not to say something in terms of what the doctors think and other healthcare professionals, nurses, everyone across the healthcare spectrum, what we should be doing, and especially the administrators saying you cannot come out and say certain things that go against my policy, though I haven't seen a policy yet. Uh, it, it is a little frustrating. And on the, on the note about uh, high school sports, I think if we're truly getting toward the third period of the wrestling match, I want to encourage everyone to stay tough because whether you're ahead or behind, you can always get pinned in that third period. we got to ride it out. And then also, if there is the vaccines on the way and we're actually looking at a calendar that, uh, as Dave Wilson mentioned, can happen, then I think it's good to go to the athletic union and say, listen, if we're looking at a rollout of vaccines in January and February, can we hold off on some of these sports until the spring? Uh, and I think that's a good thing. That's one of the positive things we're looking at now. Uh, sorry to be kind of depressing, but I am so frustrated with the governor's office. Uh, I think the governor's staff has blocked uh, us in Johnson County. I think they issued a no contact order for me, but uh, it's, I truly would like a special session and it could be a special session of the whole body, or it could be the legislative council, but to actually get some uh, planning in place that there's input from all of us. And again, with the hospitals, thank you for everything you're doing, because we know that we not only serve Johnson County people, we're serving everyone in Iowa and from other states too. Any other legislators? I did see, uh, I did see uh, Mary Match right here. Uh, Hi, I, I'm on, Bruce. Thanks for recognizing me. I was just going to encourage all of us to share how we're going to spend our holidays. I think it's important for all of us to recognize that we may be not with our families this year and that that's okay. And whether we call them or via Zoom or whatever we do, um, but I want us to be posting that on social media so others can see that we're doing our part and that we are trying to make sure that we're being safe and that we're trying to protect the workers at the hospital. All of our nurses and doctors and those who are inundated right now need our support, and that's one way we can do it. So I would really encourage everyone 
to post, I'm not going to be with my family this year and this is why. Um, because I think um, with the outbreaks that we're seeing, we have to look at what we can do each and in each of us. And I think that's one of the statements that we can make. I was gonna go over to my son's house, I'm not now. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. And it's not worth it to me or them. And again, to every single hospital healthcare worker that we have out there to put anybody in danger like that. So I'm just encouraging folks to um, order out if you need to, you know, do those things, even identify who you're ordering from, if that's gonna help some of our local businesses, I get that. But I think we have to have a very clear message that we're taking it seriously here. Um, Sean, I heard you loud and clear. Our numbers are increasing too. And we need to be held accountable for that and know that community spread means all of us have to do our part. And I think that's one way we can do it is by letting folks know, I probably won't be with them for Christmas either. And um, the mail still works, so I can send letters and notes and cards, and um, maybe we need to get back to that old-fashioned Christmas where we're sending notes to people again, right? Not through internet, but just sending letters. So I'm just encouraging folks to do that. Thanks, Representative Masher. Any other uh, legislative delegates that would like to, uh, to say anything at this time? All right, we are on to the University of Iowa. Welcome, um, Rod, who is our who is the Vice President of Finance and Operations. Welcome. Great, thank you, Mayor Teague, and, and thank you for hosting this. And frankly, thank you for um, your calm, steady, and strong leadership in what has been an amazingly challenging year. Um, and I, I um, expand that to my virtual meeting table with everyone here. It's, um, you know, we're a university hosted by the communities that are represented here. And as we share our concerns and our despair and our challenges, I, I also know I'm uh, preaching to the choir when we talk about what we're trying to do as a group of leaders here. Uh, I don't have to stray very far from our community. And I feel when I wear a mask, I feel like I'm the odd man out and it feels strange. It is exactly the opposite here, and that's to to the thanks to the credit of, of all of you and many others that, that have been representing that. I, I, I did also want to especially um, thank a couple, um, Dave Wilson and Sam Jarvis, their work with Johnson County. The uh, Sam, your, your team of dedicated and expert tracers are, are um, uh, have been uh, invaluable to the University of Iowa this semester in difference making. And so the work and the partnership, I can tell you from many of our peers out there, uh, they are greatly jealous of the relationship we have with our county and our county public health and the partnerships we have. It is unique and it has been difference making for us. So thank you. And, and finally, I mean, all of you thanked, but um, Dr. Dr. Salinas, you, you represent thousands who work as dedicated health professionals at UIHC. And when I give tours of the campus, I have always said it, that there is the um, most popular, most densely populated square mile in the state of Iowa. And it's always been a bragging point. Uh, it, it now means something different and also means something that can be from a health perspective dangerous. And, and the 
the day in, day out, night in, night out efforts of their group. And Joe, to your, uh, Senator Volcombe, to your comments, one of the challenges is, as Dr. Salinas said, in the art of knowing how much capacity. The University of Iowa takes great pride in its mandate to take all patients from the state of Iowa. So when Council Bluffs hospitals can no longer take what they can take and shut down or decide to, to close shop or, or, or take care of their health workers, those ambulances come to UIHC. The prisoners throughout the state of Iowa come to UIHC. We don't say no. And so this is a challenge we have as these numbers build um, that is faced every day by Dr. Salinas and our team. So thank you, thank you, and, and you know, stay healthy. Um, and all of us should, should try to help. Um, I'll, I'll, after, after all those thank yous, I'll, I'll give you just a, a few updates from the university perspective. Uh, Thanksgiving is approaching, as you may know, as I think you know, we have this semester adjusted the semester, so at the Thanksgiving break, uh, we will um, uh, finish the semester fully online. So the students, as they leave uh, this campus, and some will choose, depending on what their uh, family or living situations will be, can choose to still be here. I can tell you the numbers through our um, uh, inquiries with all of the residents in a residence hall system, uh, roughly 1,200 will be coming back to campus to do their virtual, uh, all virtual classes from, say, their residence hall room. But So there will be some students here, but, but vastly less uh, students uh, to finish the semester. Um, uh, Mayor Fromm, you mentioned the efforts of University Heights. Thank you for the football. We are all concerned about how that might impact things. And, and you know, none of us do it perfectly, but uh, we only have two home games left, one of them the day after Thanksgiving. So that's kind of a different sort of gathering of crowds, less so. And the last one, December 12th, it'll probably be freezing cold. So, and as we've seen with some of the trends on that front, um, it's tenuous as to whether they will happen. I mean, we will all be watching uh, with the rest of the nation on that front. We implore our, we ask our students, we plead with our students to take care not only of themselves and their neighbors, but now their family members as they're heading back home for Thanksgiving. This last week, these last days, very important to think about the choices made outside of the classroom. Um, and, and we recognize that the students haven't experienced a university setting and a university year like we would have hoped for them or like many of us experienced, that time will come. But we, we thank them for their efforts to be part of this uh, mask-friendly community and, and continue forth with that. Um, the uh, increasing numbers have us reaching out to uh, the staff and faculty on our campus as well. We will be sending out messaging. We were roughly um, 85 to 90% of those working at the University of Iowa, if they weren't, and, and those numbers were based on UIHC and maybe those who are absolutely required to be on campus. When the crisis broke out in the spring, and again, at the beginning of the fall semester, we were as high as 80 to 90% at home. Currently, or what it has been recently, is about a third, a third, and a third, with uh, one third at home, one third working on campus, and a third uh, hybrid. We will be asking all supervisors to evaluate every position and if they can be at home and do their job, we are asking them once again to do that. So we are looking for a, a far, uh, more decompressed campus uh, in these in these um, weeks to come, uh, all in in you know the interests of, of public health. And to that end, with um, 
uh, Sean, with with um, Iowa City and other school districts making these decisions, making the decisions to go um, fully uh, uh, virtual. Uh, we do have support for our University of Iowa students through human resources at the university. Our, our COVID website, uh, coronavirus.uiowa.edu, for services for those who have concerns, parental concerns, and coverage at home, uh, work, uh, work and personal um, um, balances. And so we look to, to support our, our many, many, many staff members uh, during that time as well. As we, as we look ahead to the spring semester, which will race upon us, as we know, uh, we have made some modifications. We're delaying the beginning of the spring semester. Uh, Monday, January 25th uh, will be the start of the semester. There will be no spring break uh, at the university. We do in working with our student government and our shared governance. We will be um, uh, placing some, if you will, mental rest days within the semester, but not intended to be tied to long weekends, those kinds of things, but just moments for mental rest to address. Again, the stresses all of us are facing and in coordination with the shared governance leaders on that front. Um, you know, January, as we've seen through the COVID crisis, January's a long ways away. Two months was a long ways away in the developments that occur. We recognize that things can shift. We have uh, those working on campus are meeting um, almost daily, but, but weekly on the strategies and scenarios we have for our campus uh, during the break and after the break. Um, as we know more, we will, um, we've made a commitment to our university community and to the students that um, no later than January 15th will we make any changes to how we would execute the spring semester. But we continue to work with our, our local, state, federal experts um, and, and our Board of Regents and obviously our president in evaluating all of the health first options that we'll make uh, in trying to bring students um, back one way or another to a University of Iowa experience for the thousands um, uh, enrolled at the University of Iowa. So uh, we'll remain, it's a fluid situation. So we will remain like that, adjusting to the news we have um, and you know, hopefully be able to have a semester that is similar to the semester we had this time, or at least with the hybrid of, of um, mostly uh, online classes. Currently about three quarters of the courses are, are fully online and then the others hybrid a mixture of online and some depending on the coursework needed face-to-face. Uh, -face. And again, we'll adjust as we need to depending on the news we all face together over the next couple of months. Um, uh, Mayor Teague, with that, I'll, I'll, I'll stop with that update for you. Thanks to you and for the university, for all the things that you all are doing to keep the students safe. And of course, you're a huge part of Johnson County. And so we uh, do appreciate the partnership and your presence today. Thanks to all the panelists that have uh, uh, shared. Uh, I, shared I hear echo. Do you all? Maybe not. Okay. Uh, we're going to move towards community uh, a public comment, and I will call your first name, and you'll be able to um, speak to us. Um, I see Lee has raised his hand, and if there's anyone that would like to uh, speak during public comment, please raise your hand. If you're on the phone, press star nine, and I will call your name. Welcome, Lee.
that, that was an accident. Please disregard. All right, no worries. Uh, anyone else from the public? Would you like to uh, say anything? Hearing nothing or seeing no one. Well, thanks again to all the panelists. Our next um, and everybody in attendance, not of our legislative uh, uh, individuals that are here today, really appreciate you taking time for this emergency meeting. It's very important as, as has been shared here today. Um, our next joint entity meeting will be Monday, January 18th. And I believe that the city of Corville is hosting this, uh, if I am not mistaken. And other than that, those meeting agenda items will be sent to all of us. Is there anything else for the good of the cause for now? Yeah, Bruce, Terry Donahue here. Yes. Um, I, I think in, in trying to sum things up in my mind here, is our general message, or should our general message be to the general public, wear your mask, and that personal sacrifice now, especially going into the holidays, will save lives later. I think that's what we're really trying to say. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right with that summation. Yes. Anything else? I just want to really extend the best wishes or what support to all the all the healthcare workers because I have because you are working so hard under such difficult conditions um, and really would ask everybody to do exactly what Mayor Donahue uh, just just said for the good of everyone but particularly for your good uh, and I wanted to ask one quick question is are, are the hospitals okay on PPE at this point? Um, can you hear me uh, now? Yep. Uh, we do have adequate PPE right now. Um, uh, we went through a period initially where we were having a lot of trouble, but we have uh, managed to procure that. So, but if the numbers keep rising up, that could change. But we really appreciate the well-wishing from the community. And uh, so we're going to certainly do the best we can, but we really do need the help of the community. Yes, yeah, this is Dave Wilson. We We have deployed a couple of volunteers over to University of Iowa City. There have been no shortages that we've been made aware of locally. Yeah, and the, the health department has really been a big uh, help with us initially when we were having shortages. So. I don't think we could have made it through that initial period without them. So thank you. Anything else for the for this time together? Mayor T, I was just curious, uh, the housekeeping wise, uh, the January 18th is uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Are we going to have the meeting on that day? Or do we want to move it? I'm happy you mentioned that. <laughs> I think this came up last year as well, because you know, okay. end up meeting the third Monday of the month, and it lands that way almost every year. Sure. So, uh, we pulled an emergency meeting now. Would people be um, willing to go to the fourth Monday of that month of January? I'm seeing some nodding of heads and some. All right. I, I, all right, we have a consensus. So we'll we'll connect with Coralville and 
had see um, I'm sure it'll work out. So we'll have it the fourth Monday of January. And my assumption is we should probably just have this the fourth Monday of January every year moving forward. Cause I I'm, I'm assuming it's going to come up every year. All right. So yes. All right. Great. If nothing else, uh, thanks to everybody. Again, we all have our charge today, our elected officials, everybody that has spoken on behalf of their entity, their hospital, the university of Iowa, and then those that are in the public, you have your charge, wear your mask, distance, and wash your hands. And as Mayor Donahue has said, I mean, he, he couldn't have said it better. So thanks to everybody for being here today. We are adjourned. Thank you, Mayor. All right, thank you. Thank you, Mayor.